0: My name is Neil, I uh, love starting each message off with really corny jokes. And so that's what we're going to do today. We are going to have some dog jokes. Does anybody have a dog? Two dogs, yeah raise both hands, we got two dogs. Is there any dog people here? Do you love, like dogs? Yeah, all right, good. What about cat people? Yeah, first service is like 50-50, which is really surprising. Well, dog people will like these jokes. What kind of dog chases anything red? A bulldog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how, are dog, how are a dog and a marine biologist alike? One wags a tail and the other one tags a Whale. Is anybody here a marine biologist? <laughs> that would be really cool. <laughs> what do you get when you cross a dog and a calculator? Dog can count on. A friend you can count on. <laughs> yeah. A friend. Last one: Why did the man name his dog Timex and Rolex? Because they were watchdogs. You are unimpressed. We're dog people. Uh, my family and I are are dog people. We we love dogs. We've this is my family, and I, and these are our dogs. That's Hank. He's about hundred pounds now, and then uh, that's Waylon there, and these are my daughter, my son, and my wife. I, don't ask me why I listed off the dogs first. We're dog people. We love, we love dogs. Uh, they When we're sick, they lay right next to us. Have you guys ever experienced that? Like they're right next to you the whole time. Um, we, we had an experience of last year of being sick for quite a while, and our dogs literally just laid in bed the entire time. It was so amazing. They're great. One thing I've learned as a dog owner is that when you drop something on the ground... The dog will pick it up. So like you're making a sandwich and you drop some cheese on the ground and the dog, you just, I call our dog over and I do this one, you know, just stop. Hey, Waylon. And he's, he's there, right? We went about two months without a dog in the house and I realized how many things I drop on the ground. I'm like, oh, oh. Pull my thing out. There we go. Yeah. Dogs are great, they uh, clean up after us. One thing I've never figured out with our dogs though is their love for trash. They just love the trash. So we fill up the bowl about four to five times a day. Our dogs eat a lot. We have a whole big gigantic bin of dog food for them. And if we accidentally leave the door open to the trash area, They're going to choose the trash every single time and go in there and dig out the trash and then leave their bowl alone. It's like, why did I feed you if you're just going to dig in the trash? We have a dog uh, back in the day named Rocky. He was one of my favorite dogs that we had. And he would just tear out the trash all over the kitchen. So we'd come home and like trash is just everywhere. And his dog bowl would be completely full of food. It's like, dude, that's all the stuff we're throwing away. Like, this is what I have for you, and the stuff we're getting rid of, you don't need that in your life. (laughs) Do you see where I'm going with this? (laughs) I just, I was thinking about that this week of how much that I find myself kind of looking through the trash to see if there's anything in there, as opposed to just trusting like what God already has for me. So I find that in my relationships where like God supplied all my relationships, a great relationships, good friendships, and I'm like constantly looking for new relationships or like not even investing in the ones that I have right in front of me. I think about that with my finances sometimes. You know, a stressful time comes and your finances, like, oh, I gotta make things happen, and you start digging in the trash for stuff, as opposed to just trusting God's going to fill up the dog dish of food and water. He's gonna supply all of your needs. I think about that with stress get really stressed out, a lot of anxiety about a certain situation, and instead of just like diving into getting on my knees and just praying, God, relieve me of all this stuff, like looking to other things to kind of fulfill that stress, like maybe if I go to Chipotle for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I won't feel so bad about this situation, It's trash, you know? <laughs> Not Chipotle. Get the point. One wasn't talking about Chipotle. So I was just kind of looking at things that way this week, especially as I was reading through Nehemiah 11. We've been in the book of Nehemiah for the last, uh, well, 11 weeks. So we're doing a chapter a week. And one thing that you're going to see here is that God has provided everything that they could ever have, but sometimes people choose trash. And so you're going to see that in Nehemiah 11. We're going to go ahead and read through that today. Um, most of the time we read about the entire chapter, but today I'm only going to read two verses, okay? Two verses. So hopefully they hit home with you. But I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to just go ahead and speak to each one of us in this room, All right. Would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, we just invite you. Your word is alive. It's living. It speaks directly to our hearts. And so any areas of our life that um, you've been working on, any areas that you're inviting us into more, areas that uh, you just didn't want us to surrender, yeah, would you just come and just speak to our hearts? Lord, we, ch- we choose to just have hearts to hear, to want to learn hearts that are open. Lord, I pray that any, any, um, anything that would want to block your word today from speaking directly to people would get out of the way in Jesus' name. And would you would use the words out of my mouth, that it would be holy and edifying to you and to your people. Speak to your kids. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Nehemiah 11. Now, the leaders of the people settled in Jerusalem. So this is going to be, I just want to give a little bit of history of this book, and then we're going to jump right into the leaders of the people settled in Jerusalem. What happened before all this is Nehemiah has invested in rebuilding a wall around Jerusalem, okay? And he got everybody on board. Everybody's a part of this. Like, Nehemiah is the best general contractor ever to walk the earth. He's amazing. In 52 days, they built a three-mile wall, 10 foot wide and 52 feet high. Where's Nehemiah today? Like, so, so cool. And everybody volunteered, you know? Everyone was a part of this. And so, like, he, he got this wall built. And so, he's actually bringing people in to Jerusalem because they've been in exile. They've been living in Babylon because the Babylonians overtook their land. And so, like, everybody's coming out of exile, And they're coming back to Jerusalem. And so Nehemiah finds it so important to go ahead and uh, actually have Jerusalem full of leaders that he pays for it out of his own pocket and builds them houses. And so we pick it up in Nehemiah 11 that these people are actually the leaders of the people. And Nehemiah has built them houses. He paid for it so that they can live in Jerusalem. Okay, so it's like some of the first people to settle in Jerusalem. So it says the leaders of the people settled in Jerusalem. The rest of the people cast lots to bring one out of every 10 of them to live in Jerusalem. So we got the leaders and then one out of every 10 person gets to go live in Jerusalem. Pretty cool, right? Okay. Have you guys ever cast lots before? Have you cast some lots? How much money did you win? We're going to cast some lots today. I need three volunteers. I'm going to teach you what casting lots looks like. Got one. What you're going to do is you're going to receive a free... Go ahead and use the stairs. (laughs) Two more volunteers. Come on, somebody. You're going to win a free t-shirt. It's a free t-shirt. There we go. Let's go. Free t-shirt. Give it up for these volunteers. Dan, you really wanted to jump up here, didn't you? Okay, so we're gonna cast lots. Whoever gets the longest straw gets a free t-shirt. Okay? You guys ready for this? Who wants to draw first? Ladies first. There's one. There's two. There's three. Dan, your straw is the longest. You won. Give it up. Yeah, you get a free (laughs) t-shirt. Good job. So that's casting lots. It was completely by chance, right? Like Dan doesn't know straw. So what happened is they each had to cast lots, 10 of them would cast lots. And then one of them got to go to Jerusalem to live in the big city that everybody's just invested in. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So we have them casting lots, one out of every 10. And then it says the holy city. While the remaining nine were to stay in their own towns. So not everybody got to go. The remaining nine would actually stay in the, their outside area where there's grass, where there's cattle, where there's wineries. You know, this is like where they were living. The people commended all who volunteered to live in Jerusalem. The people commended all who volunteered. So, wait a second. So like when somebody said, I volunteer, have you guys ever seen Hunger Games? Right? The people were excited and would throw a party. Casey, you're going to live in Jerusalem. Good job. Keep up the good work. Everybody's excited about that. But they casted lots to go live in Jerusalem, right? And so the way I was reading that is, is wrong. They casted lots to see who had to go live in Jerusalem. It wasn't who gets to, who has to. One out of every 10 person had to go live in Jerusalem, and they casted lots. So when you got the long straw, it wasn't a celebration. It was like, Dan, we're excited for you. We'll be praying for you, buddy. Have fun in that city. Have fun in Jerusalem. I couldn't understand, while I was reading that this week, why in the world people would be sad about going and be forced to go live in the city that everybody's worked so hard on. Why? I think there's three different reasons. Number one is it was really strict to live in Jerusalem. Remember how this verse just started off? It said all the leaders went and lived in Jerusalem. Nehemiah's building, all the priests, all the Levites. Well, a little backstory is, is Ezra brought everybody back together and actually gave an address in front of everyone and said, we're going to be God's people. We're going to live by the 10 commandments from now on. And so everybody actually signed their name and said, okay, I will live this out and then they go away to their hometown. But I'm sorry, if you live in Jerusalem, it's gonna be a little bit tough on you. It's gonna be really strict. There's gonna be people calling you out, and there's gonna be a lot of accountability. Wait, you said you weren't working on the Sabbath. What are you doing out here? So there is this, this accountability in the city that you wouldn't have on the outside of the walls. So it's really strict. The other thing is, is there's a lot of persecution. There's a lot of people that didn't like Jerusalem. There's a reason the Babylonians came and destroyed the place. So when you would actually leave your town, when you'd come out of the walls, there's a lot of persecution you could face. Where do you live? Oh, I live in Jerusalem. And people naturally just didn't like you at that time. So there's another reason, you know, like who wants to live under a bunch of persecution? Who signs up for that? And the third thing is this, is... They would have to trust God with all their needs. So imagine you have like everything made. You have your house, you have your cattle, you have um, all your supplies, and it's there. And then you get the long straw and have to go and live in Jerusalem. At this time, Jerusalem, it'd be like coming downtown Davenport back in 2000. One, <laughs> like, we're, there's nothing happening down here and, like, what's going on? You know, nobody lives down here yet, any of that stuff. So, like, none of the markets are really open. People weren't really, like, trading. You can't really make a living. So you would go to Jerusalem, and you'd have to be taken care of. You'd have to have, like, 100% trust in God that God is going to supply all of your needs, especially if you volunteered. Like, who volunteers for that? Those are three reasons why people didn't want to go, why they had to cast lots, and why the person that got the long straw had to go to Jerusalem. Overall, it just wasn't comfortable to move to Jerusalem. Even though, like, it's this beautiful city, it's coming up, it just wasn't a comfortable place for people to go. We hate on un- being uncomfortable, don't we? Lazy Boy's been the top seller for a lot of years for a reason. We love the name. Ah, <sighs> comfort. You're calling people out of comfort. Nobody wants to sign up for that. To be uncomfortable. Not much has changed since that time until our time. I'm going to give you some statistics from 2019. Go back in time with me. The to 2019 today. Oh wow. Remember the Backstreet Boys? <laughs> Wait, no, that's a different that was a different time. Ten <laughs> percent of the quad cities attends church. Two thousand nineteen. That statistic is much lower today. Not much has changed. I just said one out of every 10 of them had to go. 10% of the Quad Cities attends church. And when I say attends church on an average basis, what that means is three out of every eight weeks, that is an average church attender. Okay, 10%, same thing. 10% of the church tithes. That's how things function in the church body is 10% of the people of the church actually give. Imagine what would happen if 20% of a church would give. Financially, like trusting God wholeheartedly, it's expensive to tithe. I know. But you hit like having this trust that God's going to supply all of my needs, even when I'm writing a check for more than four times more than car payments. So 10% of of people in the church as a big C tithe. That's how churches function. That's how we have buildings. We got lights, that kind of stuff. All the things you see. 10% of the church does 100% of the work. 10% of us do, and this is as a big C, okay? As the big church, a church all the way across the board, 10% of churches The people in the church do 100% of the work, the stuff that, you know, gets done around the church. 10%. I was talking, Christina, we're like considering maybe drawing straws for city kids. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you got the long straw, you get to be in city kids today. (laughs) (laughs) Woo-hoo. Not really. But you see how this works. Like not a whole lot's changed since Nehemiah's time in our time it's not a whole bunch so i listed some of the reasons why you know they were actually chosen and had to go to jerusalem and why like three different reasons why they wouldn't want to be there but i just want to list one reason why you would want to be in jerusalem and one reason why you'd want to be a part of a body of christ Just one. In the scripture, it said that the leaders moved to the city, right? It says the holy city. The holy city. What this means is that on the outskirts of those towns, on the outskirts outside of those walls, God's presence wasn't there, that you would actually go into the city, into the temple, and the presence of God was there, the holy of holies, the holy of holies, God's presence. When we gather together, God's presence is here. You encourage me, and I encourage you. That's why we read that scripture every Sunday. Let us encourage one another and spur one another on. So why wouldn't they want to just leave their towns? You get the presence of God. Get his power, his presence, all for just going to the city. Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart, with every aspect of your life. When you, when you put it all on the line, when you leave the comfort of the lazy boy, when, when you leave the comfort of whatever is like holding you back, when you seek God, you will find him when you seek him with all. Your heart. Jesus isn't an added-on supplement to life. Jesus is life. He's not vitamin C. He's, he's all the vitamins wrapped up into one pill, Jesus Christ. And so, like, when we seek Jesus with all of our hearts, you will find him. When you give him everything, when, when you leave the comfort of everything around you, every single aspect of life, you will find him. And that is where you find satisfaction. That is where you find fulfillment. It's found nowhere else. I've been down every single other alley that the world has to offer, and I can tell you, I ended up empty. I ended up broke. I ended up broken. Relationships just destroyed. All because I was looking for something else to fulfill my life, and I knew Jesus Christ all my life, guys. My mom talked me about Jesus Christ, and I remember following him when she was using a felt thing, pushing the, pushing the like <laughs> the camel like the camel. <laughs> I remember this stuff as a kid, but I still had to go find it out for myself. I still had to dig in the trash. And the whole time, like God's presence was right there. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Acts 1.8 says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and to the very end of the earth. That power and that presence that we are looking for something to fulfill us But not only fulfill us, but to sustain us. Because we've had those good experiences, right? But it's something that sustains you, that you can actually turn away from sin. Because like, I have the power and the presence of Jesus Christ inside of me. The Holy Spirit has filled me up. So whatever comes my way, I'm not facing it alone anymore. I have the power of the Holy Spirit. That's a difference. And that's a difference maker in our life. So, addictions start to become like nothing because we're filled with the power and the presence of God. Yeah. It's His power, it's His presence. So, what if it costs us everything? Who cares? Everything else is meaningless. Jesus says it a thousand times in the New Testament, leave it all to follow me. And that's where it's at. You're never going to look back and go, like, I never looked back at some of the addictions and some of the, the bad decisions I had in my life trying to fulfill my life. Never look back and I'm like, what, well, I wish I really had those back. Oh. <laughs> You'll never turn back and go, man, I wish I had that. When your heart's desire is God's presence, you will find him. You'll find him. You'll spend less time digging through the trash, trying to find fulfillment and success, in relationships in anything else. In security, you'll find God. I want to share a story with you. Um, so five years ago, I, I share this often, so if you've heard it, sorry. But five years ago, I just really felt like the Lord had called me to start a church downtown Davenport. And so a year prior to that, I started working downtown Davenport to learn, like, what, what's the downtown culture like? Because it is different than, than uptown, I would say, a little bit. And so I wanted to learn. I wanted to make some friendships. I wanted to make some relationships. So I started running sound at a club down here. Did that for about a year. And then the Lord's like just calling me to plant a church. I left a really comfortable job. I was a a music pastor for a church. And, you know, I would sing, play guitar. And I was, you know, I've been doing that for about 20 years of my life. So it it, it gets kind of comfortable in time. And I really felt like God was calling me to be uncomfortable to do this. And so one thing that I had to actually fund the entire project was I had about as many guitars as you can imagine and really expensive pedals and amps and drum sets. And, like, I had all that stuff in my basement. (laughs) And, like, I would use some of it. So I would supplement my guitar playing with buying a better guitar. Okay? (laughs) This is what I did. (laughs) So the... (laughs) never really got better since 17 to be honest but I had all this stuff and we had to like pay for rent for the first you know you got to start a church you're gonna like need a place to meet you're gonna need like coffee (laughs) right (laughs) you're gonna need chairs you're gonna need all that stuff and so I sold all that stuff every single last bit of it that I didn't have a guitar in the house I didn't have a guitar in the house for about three years and nothing, sold everything. And we're talking thousands of dollars. But I'm telling you this for you right here. I would sell all that stuff again just to meet you. There's no, there's no way that I look back and go, like, what, was, what a cost to pay, leave a comfortable job, Go, go without working and, and working for this church for free for eight months of my life, which is really hard to do with kids in the house and, you know, making provision happen and just going, God, I know you're going to trust my, you're going to, I trust you with all my, my needs. I know you're going to come through. But I would do it again. Like this is what Jesus calls us into is, is, is everything else is, is, is the trash and, and his presence is worth it all. It's worth all the sacrifice. It's worth all the surrender. It's worth everything. And so I just want to make one valid point today. My question for each one of us in this room is, will you volunteer to be in his presence? Would that be you this morning? That Like everybody else is having to cast lots to go, and you're like, nope, not me. I want to be in God's presence. Oh, that's the city? I get to go to the holy city of God where his presence resides? Sign me up. Sign me up. Whatever it costs, I trust you, God. I'll face persecution. I want to be bold for you, Jesus. You'll never look back and think that wasn't worth it. I've been really reevaluating life in my 40s, (laughs) getting so old. And you just think of the things that you thought were so worth the investment. God's presence is always worth it. A heart after God alone. Just risk it all. So I just invite you today, if that's you, if you just say, you know what? There's some areas in my life I just want to volunteer. I just want to surrender them over to God. Um, We're not going to have you like, I just want you to stand up. If that's you, if you're like, yes, that would be me. I want to sign up. I want to volunteer. I want to volunteer to surrender every aspect of my life over to God. And here's what I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to do I'm just going to invite the Holy Spirit to just uh, fill us with His presence, with His power, with His glory. Some of those areas that maybe have been dry, a dry well. I feel like the Lord is going to fill those today. And it's all in his presence. It's all in him. Everything that we could ever want. The relationships that we're we're longing for, for for people to really know us and and to, to be on our same page, it's all in God. It's in his presence. Let's just pray with me. Lord, we just choose a volunteer. Here we are. Would you send us, God? Send us, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Come, Holy Spirit. Just whatever the Lord's stirring in your heart, I just invite you to let this be a resting place of, of surrender and just saying yes to God, whether it's your very first time today or whether it's your hundredth time of just surrendering new areas of your life. I know he's just, he's just always working. Yeah. Just make room for him this morning in surrender. You can even say this out loud or just say it from your heart, but just tell the Lord you're available. Just available, whatever you have, Lord. Send me, God. Send me, Lord. Just available, God. Whatever you want to do. Just, uh, just as we just invite the Holy Spirit to just fill us up, what I'd like to do, if there's anybody in this room that just identified with Justin's word, I feel like that is a, a very true word, that the Lord just wants to heal hearts of emotional pain or even physical pain. If there's something going on in your heart that you've, you've been having uh, some clogged arteries or whatever that may look like for you, I uh, just invite you to just put your hand on your heart this morning. Just go ahead and put your hand on your heart. If you've been walking through some really emotional things and it just um, you're just needing refreshed and refilled this morning and some healing over some of those areas, just put your hand on your heart. We just say, come, Holy Spirit. Come right now in your power, in your presence, Lord. Would you touch our hearts? Would you touch our lives, Lord? We surrender to you. We volunteer. We we say, Jesus, you're everything. So, Holy Spirit, just come right now. Just come and move in our midst. Have your way, God. Surrender. Surrender. Fill relationship areas that we've been looking for somebody else to fulfill us. Lord, would you just fulfill areas of our life and our identity that we've been looking everywhere else to find our identity? Would you just clarify that this morning, right here, right now? Fill those areas. Any dryness, any any person in this room that uh, walked in just really weak and just going through a lot, Lord, we just pray for strength right now. Holy Spirit, would you just fill us with strength? To continue on the path that you have for us I just pray for parents in this room Holy Spirit would you lead and guide us in our homes (laughs) that your presence would be our number one desire of our household not just our own personal walk but if you've invited us into parenting our kids um, Lord, would you just lead and guide us in our homes today? Would we put you on a mantle this morning as a household God? Be your people. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Come. Yeah. Yeah. Heal emotional wounds. Even the deep stuff. Uh, today, guys, we, we aren't necessarily talking about very surface things. Um, the Lord wants to do a deep work in his people today, the, something that actually speaks deeper to our hearts than just the surface, uh, exterior stuff. He wants to go inside. He wants to do deep work today in our hearts. So, so some emotional things that, have, that we've carried on for years and years and years, I just feel that there's going to be a freedom in that this morning, right now. So come, Holy Spirit, would you do the deep work, the stuff, the stuff that nobody else sees, the stuff that happens in our prayer room, in our closet, the, the times that we have with you. Would you do that right here, right now? Would you fill those areas, the deep work? Let's pray for anybody in this room that has heart issues going on right now, whether it's a, 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 they need strength in their heart, would you just bring strength right now, healing power of Jesus, strength over hearts. I pray for clear arteries and and um, and strong hearts this morning. All the valves to work, all the valves. Yeah. Well, guys, let's just sing to God. Just remember what He's done for us on the cross, as you receive communion. You can grab communion. It's on the back of your chairs or get up and there's some in the back of the room. Just invite you to receive communion and we're going to sing this last song to God.